Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is the Tech Educator Podcast. We are here live every single Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Tonight's topic is a very controversial one, and we have a very amazing panel on to discuss such controversy. A few weeks ago, the New York Times uh, put out an article all about brand ambassadors and should teachers be associated with various ed tech brands? Should they be getting uh, freebies, if you will? Should they be pushing said freebies on their school districts, on their classrooms, and more importantly, on their students? Um, this, of course, brings up several questions because I know in many jobs, they require some of these brand ambassadorships to even apply for said positions. And we are here to talk about all of those different things today. We, of course, want to hear from you. We are live here on Tuesday night over on TeacherCast.tv. Please leave a message over in our chat box. And, of course, you can reach out and be a part of this and all of our shows on TeacherCast by finding us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leaving us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. Email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net. And, of course, subscribe to this and all of our shows at TeacherCast.net slash iTunes and TeacherCast.net slash YouTube. I want to introduce our co-host tonight and our fantastic guest sam patterson how are you tonight i am dandy jeff just dandy and why are you dandy tonight uh because i'm out here in beautiful sunny southern california we're into what the third week of school already i've already taken sick days due to the flu so we are 100 percent authentic and absolutely fully engaged that is absolutely awesome joining us from the midwest josh how are you today Josh is doing just fine. We're uh, in the midst of our second week of school now. And how are things going? Uh, you know, they're going all right. It's been an interesting adjustment. Uh, I'm co-teaching uh, this year, uh, at least in algebra this quarter and possibly other areas throughout the rest of the year um, in my role as tech integrator trying to uh, be a bigger part of the classrooms. So this is really my first time being a regular part of a classroom in three years. Uh, and it's definitely there's a learning curve in the content area, but also I'm um, just trying to figure out how to work that co teaching relationship has been uh, really an interesting challenge. But uh, I think we're doing some really positive things for kids. That is awesome. It is great to see you here. I've got a lot of good things to talk about as we go through our guest is the famous tech rabbi Michael. How are you today? Doing well. Also hailing from beautiful, slightly warm Southern California. And uh, this year has been an interesting one. It's my first time in eight years that I am not in a single school site. So a lot of the work that I'm doing right now involves some local schools that I am doing teacher mentoring and teacher uh, support in, and then also having an opportunity to travel around the country and speak and facilitate workshops and do a lot of the things that seem to be very controversial as of two weeks ago. Well, thank you guys all for joining us. We're, of course, going to have other people joining us tonight. I'm going to actually offer our panel here. We usually don't spend a lot of time doing Twitter chats, but guys, I think this is a good topic just to kind of keep posting out there on Twitter to make sure that people know that we are here as we are each and every Tuesday at 8 o'clock Eastern. Um, I'm just going to throw out the question here. Did you guys read the article and what did you think about it after you read it? Sam, start with you. I read the article. I, I absolutely loved it. It made me really happy when people were so focused on the best. No, um, it was a frustrating article to read because there, 
it was difficult to even tell exactly what the the purpose of the article was. I mean, it wasn't really an examination of ambassador programs. It was kind of a profile of a couple teachers with some commentary thrown in and then some really problematic analogies. Like there was a lot of time in the discussion kind of comparing ed tech ambassadors to um, like pharmaceutical companies giving free drugs to doctors and such and, and paying them and that kind of thing. And it by and large struck me as very ridiculous because ultimately what the article seemed to fear most was that somehow this, you know, relationship between Silicon Valley and teachers was entirely too cozy and they were buying a lot of undue influence in the public education system. Mike, what'd you think? So I, I was pretty shocked, but not shocked. It was this weird sort of dichotomy where I, I wanted to really be surprised and offended, but um, I just couldn't get past the reality of how the United States views the education system. And I think that that's really the, the problem is, is how the, the, the world looks at education and how education looks at the world and the, the significant disconnect between the two. So interestingly enough, this article is one of a series. And so if you do the, the good Googling that we love to do, you find out that not only were there articles earlier in the summer, but they seem to have this just overall very disjointed flow to them. You know, it's like, like you, can, you, you, you can't focus on one thing at a time. First, you're, you're talking about, you know, the, these teachers and ethics issues and the validity of the technology and the, um, you know, the pedagogy that these teachers are employing. Then you're saying that, well, it's really the tech company's faults and it just sort of jumps all around. It's really the conversation that ensued that I find so shocking. And I, I said to my wife when I read the comments in an initial Facebook post that I was tagged on, I said to her, the honeymoon is over. And this uh, supportive, positive education community that over the past six years I have been a part of in this digital space uh, became very ugly overnight. And people began to publicly uh, name and target and write about other educators in the space. And I think at the end of the day, you can disagree with someone's teaching practice. You can disagree with their strategies, but smearing them doesn't improve the learning for their students and it doesn't improve the learning for your students. And, you know, that I think is, is, is really where, where I have been emotionally affected is, is, is by the response in the education community to this article. Josh, how about yourself? Well, I don't know how I can follow up that debrief of the article. That was a really well thought out commentary there by Michael. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I didn't really have any thoughts as I read it. Uh, I think in some ways I reflected on my own quasi relationship to that whole area being a Google certified innovator and Google certified trainer. 
Um, and so I tried to read it in that lens and think about myself and, and ethically speaking, how exactly does that look in my school? Like, do they know I'm that? Like, so that was a big thing in the article, right? Like, are we disc you know, people that have that ambassador relationship, do they disclose that? I think I've been fairly transparent about the fact that all those things happened and that's a part of who I am. Um, and those are experiences that I've had. Um, but uh, for me, like if I'm going to be like super micro in terms of my own experience with those programs, um, it wasn't about that it was Google stuff. It was about, I got to go for the innovator program, hang out with 60 of uh, these awesome educators and collaborate with them. Many of our projects had nothing to do with Google tools. Um, it was just so, so you're you're saying that Google tricked you into giving away your students' data. No, the, exactly. The, you translated right? <laughs> well, and if you if you look at the title of the other articles in this series, they're they're all they all seem to be really just pantheons of balanced journalism. There's, um, I got to scroll back down the page because it thought I wanted the top of the page, but I didn't. I wanted this part where it says, how Google took over the classroom, May 13. The Silicon Valley billionaires remaking America's schools, June 6. How Silicon Valley pushed coding into American classrooms, June 27. Right? So there's, there's plenty of agenda here. That's all I'm saying. Well, let's, let's take a look at all these different things because, okay, uh, raise of hand. How many are Google certified something? Okay, how many of you guys are Microsoft certified something? Okay, how many of you guys are Apple certified? Hey, hey, Jeff, yes. you may not remember. This is a primarily audio show. So <laughs> the, the big thing here is... I, I know as a technology coach, and, and let's see if we can choose the right words here. There are many technology coaching positions that are advertised as would prefer it if you are a Google certified educator or Google trainer or Google whatever, right? And I'm sure the Microsoft school districts say, we're looking for an innovation specialist, must be an MIE. Is that a school district saying that we will only hire you if you are a brand ambassador, but at the same time, we've got this pushback saying brand ambassadors should not be there. Let's start with that kind of an idea. Should school districts be requiring certifications if we're even having the conversation that certifications don't belong in education? I, I disagree that that was the intent of the article to say they don't. I think the intent of the article as as I read it was that there needs to be a level of transparency involved with these things. Um, I did find the comparison to doctors a little laughable because um, I would be happy to live by a strict of standards if if my pay was was at that level. So um, I think there's some of that um, that I thought I, but still in in it, it's still a good analogy because, there isn't really research that, as far as I know, at least longitudinal, because it's so new, that using Google for education is going to significantly improve student learning outcomes compared to using Microsoft Office, compared to using Apple whatever, compared to using Ubuntu. Um, and so I think that that there is this 
this idea that if we become too focused on it's got to be Google or nothing, um, I think that that's where we get in trouble. So it's still we need to be good about looking for what's best for our students in a number of ways. And I think um, first and foremost, like Sam was joking about before, but whatever tools we use, how are they with our student data? Um, I think that's that is a really important thing. Not just are they great for creation, are they great for collaboration, but um, you know, is our students' information going to be safe? Sam, how, how important is that? Because you know that there's companies, I don't want to always give specific names, but there are companies that, that have ambassador programs where student data is involved. There's sure. companies that have brand ambassador programs, for instance, that are STEM companies, and it's here, go try my robot, and there is no application student data. Should those two um, programs or platforms or types of companies be treated the same way? Um, thought of the same way or, you know, in the same conversation. Sorry, I was searching out articles to link to and then ads started playing in my headset. So, um, at, like, one of the things that I have appreciated about the best ambassador programs I've been in is they've given me access to information about a product a community that will help me use it better in the classroom. And it gives me somebody to answer my questions. The schools I work at have valued the relationships I have with companies because when they have a question, I can get an answer to it usually. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, this is much more networking than it is influence buying. But the problem is that the American public school teacher get so very little support that any support might be seen as disproportionately influential. Anybody else on that one? Because I, I, I also want to ask the same question. This is for the group here. Is there a difference right. between being an ambassador for, and I'm going to say this, this is, this is not a, a negative term, a lower level ed tech product that you choose to bring in or you choose to use versus I'm a Google, Apple, Microsoft, which is generally they, the school district chooses that. And you have no say if you're a Google school or a Microsoft school. You, If you're a Google school, you might become a Google trainer. And if you're a Microsoft school, you might become a Microsoft trainer. Should we put a right. line on those where if I like to use Seesaw, I'll become a Seesaw ambassador, but I don't have a choice in my district of moving to Office or Gmail. So I think there's two pieces, right? The, the, the major corporations are trying to create a community of stellar educators. So I am a Google certified trainer and an Apple distinguished educator. Both of those involved a application process uh, a, cer a certain level of, of training and demonstration that not only do I know how to use the technology, but I use it to support innovative, if that's a fun buzzword, or meaningful learning experiences for the students. Then you have these, these startups or these companies that mature out of the startup phase after a few years, like Seesaw and Book Creator and Flipgrid. And those, like, th they are looking for for educators who are 
putting the time into curating and creating content around their solution. And as we all know, educators already work so many hours in general without technology even in the equation. They work all day, then they come home and they work through the night. They are constantly looking, working on the weekends, looking at ways that they can better their classrooms. Now they have this additional challenge or burden, right, of now creating content in the digital space. So if they can be recognized for that, or they can be used as a model for other teachers interested in using the technology to say, oh, well, here's a classroom teacher. I can relate to this fourth grade teacher because I'm a fourth grade teacher. Oh, we're both English teachers. That's so cool. I can't wait to read the blog article or look at the portfolio or the, whatever curated content there. What, what I'm struggling with right now is that brand ambassador and, and influencer marketing is 30 years old or even older and social media influencing is as old as social media and so it's it's why is it now like what what happened besides this new york times article that all of a sudden this is this like huge you know conspiracy because what, what bothers me the most is is that you know i cannot go right now and teach in a public school district I have a master's degree in education. I can't teach in a public school district. Why? Because I'm not certified. I don't, I don't have a certification to teach in public school, right? So these educators that are brand ambassadors and influencers, they all are qualified educators. And if they're not qualified, then the educators that see them should see right through them. And the article that I wrote on Medium last week one of the things that I said was, is that the internet and social media is an absolute uh, democratizer of who holds the keys to information, influence, and inspiration. It levels the playing field for everybody. Now anybody who is passionate and willing to put in the time can be recognized for great work in whatever industry they're in. So these, you don't just wake up to, you know, today and say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become this you know, influencer in the education space. People are going to see through you. And conversations, I mean, I, I, they were borderline attacks on me as I questioned this. People said, oh, you can buy followers and you can, you know, you can fake it and you can convince uh, a school district that you're some amazing influencer and then they hire you and then like nothing is stopping you. And I'm just like, like where? That's, how, that's not how the Internet works. So I know that was kind of like a tirade um, tangent right there, but I just feel like before we get into the legitimacy of different types of ambassadors, who are those ambassadors? Are they qualified professional educators that in addition to whatever um, education and credentials that they have, they also are just really awesome at creativity and in content creation and in using apps to having create an experience right so that that's where i'm like really frustrated in the space of this article and the conversations that are ensuing because of it mike are you okay yeah i'm okay, okay. i i am check should i check my check my blood pressure here yeah, no, no, no. no 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 i i no. 
I, I'm afraid to ask my next question after this because when I'm looking at these, I agree with what you guys just said. Some of the larger groups are creating global communities. Microsoft, for instance, has a fantastic educator community. They provide free professional development. They're now opening up their doors where, for instance, everybody can be in there. Yes, there's a small application and stuff like that, but they're, they're making ways to join and form community. They're building online courses to support their stuff. There are other, as you said, ed tech startups who, as soon as they're five minutes old, say, I want a brand ambassador, and would you be able to use my product and let me know what you think? Is there a difference? And I'd love to get everybody's opinion, especially Michael's on this. Is there a difference between a brand ambassador and free research and development people? Because I think a lot of times these, these ed tech companies are saying, try my stuff out and let me know what you think and use it with your students and I'll just keep making my class, my project better. But, you know, I don't want to say the question, should teachers get paid to be ambassadors if they're A, making things for those companies, B, evangelizing, C, going out to ed camps and talking about everything, and B, it is still research and development. Mike? Can I get I mean, you? I'll, I'll, Can I get I'll you? I'll weigh in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I spoke so long. I was waiting for someone else to jump in. Um, but I'll, I'll make I'll make I'll make these thoughts short so that everyone can be included in the conversation. Well, actually, the truth is, I spoke last last time. But um, so we, we have to put a little bit of responsibility and and um, sort of like like these. We're, we're talking about adults here. Oh no! Did my my camera turned off? Low power mode. Okay, I'm back. The Google certified program must have heard this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, what? Low power. iPhone shut down. Google Hangouts canceled. So the, the teachers are adults, okay? If they can't put two and two together and say, wait a second, like this company just reached out to me and wants me to use this in my classroom and figure out if it's good, like that's on the teacher, okay? You know, we're talking about adults here. We're not talking about about young children who have to make this educated decision, okay? Now for me, there is no product that I'm going to use in my professional or personal life that does not in, increase the, the experience or bring value to what I'm doing. So I don't, just, I don't just use tech like, oh, the latest and greatest, I have to be on VR, AR, and all the buzzwords. I'm looking for stuff that's gonna make my life better. It's gonna make the teachers that I work with have better experiences supporting learning and, 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 and delivering instruction. And the students love it. I was just at a school this week and we looked at iMovie, we looked at Toontastic, we looked at Book Creator, we looked at Shatterpix. Why? Because I'm all about creation content. I'm all about content that doesn't store information about it, uh, students, which I know that Sam had mentioned is an issue, even though I, I love Google. And when I thought that Google Drive was gonna disappear for a second, I was like literally like having, you know, a massive high blood pressure, right? But I just feel like we're adults here and you really just have to assume that they're making that educated decision. I think that the certified trainers and certified innovators and educators in these bigger companies, they're looking for something richer because it's not, it's not a singular solution. It's not just an app, it's an ecosystem. It's hardware and software, it's, it's curated, it's data-driven. There's so, there's so much dynamic going on in these bigger companies. 
But when you look at the smaller ones, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a book creator ambassador. I've been an ambassador since they created the ambassador program. And I love book creator. It is my go-to application, my lowest point of entry for trading for teachers on iPads, on Chromebooks, on, on laptops that, uh, that, that um, can now use the, the web-based experience for, not for, for creating, but for, for experiencing it, right? Like, it's just, if it's gonna bring meaning to my experience, my students and the teachers that I work with, like you, you have you have to use it. I think when you when you're looking about when you're looking to get paid, that's actually where it gets really complicated. That's where the ethics will become in question. Wait a second, you're paying these teachers to bring this in. I think that looks a lot more fishier than hey, like you want to beta test this, you want a free year subscription of the software that basically is worth you know nothing, but we've attributed a value to it based on the interest in it, right? So that, you know, that's, that's, um, that's my extended rant on that. So, Mike, let, let me, th let me follow up with you here on this. And, and again, I'm, we're playing devil's advocate in a lot of these things, but is there a difference? And, and let's, let's keep on the topic of, of, you know, teachers being research and development, teachers being brand ambassadors, teachers being paid, not paid, all those things. Is there a difference between a teacher, a being asked to create content create curriculum, um, maybe write a blog post or two, maybe use it in their classroom. And, and that might be all part of the ambassador program. But if a company says, would you come out to said conference and spend three or four hours standing at our booth? Is that a brand ambassador or is that uh, free work? Is that this? So should those things be in the same, same area? And I'm not saying come and, Maybe I am saying come and do a demo at our booth. Like, at what point or what is the extent that a company should be asking people to do things? And at what point is a teacher should be looking at it and saying, well, you're asking me to do all these other things and do this and do this. And where are we with all these different topics? Um, uh, so, Jeff, as you're, as you're talking there and I'm thinking... What I came back to was you kept saying like companies telling teachers to try stuff. And I think in however many years I've been uh, Google certified, whatever, Google's never, ever asked me, the program has never asked me to do something in my schools. Really. Um, as far as I know, I think with the Google trainer program, I think it's, you need to do like 12 trainings, but they don't tell you what it needs to be on. In fact, I've put in things that weren't even Google tools, like I've presented on Scratch before. I've included that. They've accepted it. Um, and, and so I don't know if there are ambassador programs where the company is stating that in order to be an ambassador, you have to do certain things with your kids. That to me is problematic because the companies know... Maybe some are, are former educators. I know many ed tech companies used to, you know, they were founded by people who used to be in education and wanted to solve this problem. But you're the boots on the ground. You're the school. I would not feel comfortable with a ambassadorship and where the company was dictating to me, you really need to do this in your classroom. That to me is problematic if that happened. Um, when you start to get into things like Michael was talking about, like the paid stuff, uh, where you're getting paid to go speak, I, I guess 
I guess that that really depends for me. And and once again, that's something where I reflect on my own experience where I've had opportunities, whether it's a school district, uh, a, a summit or um, an educational organization that needs people. They're, they're running in a workshop and they need people who are going to be able to uh, work with the teachers in these workshops and they're looking for qualified people. Um, that's an interesting, interesting topic to bring up. Um, because I think as long as there's been education, now this is my seventh year in education, you know, professional development has been a thing. I mean, our schools bring in people all the time that they're paying money that we don't know how much they're paying for people. Uh, we know at conferences, the big keynotes are getting mucho bucks to, to go do that thing. Um, yeah, I mean, is is that acceptable? And kind of the the corollary to that is, is the fact that teachers and the teaching profession as a whole is pretty, um, I'm not sure what the word is. I don't want to say it's not highly regarded. I think it depends on who you talk to, but definitely um, education as a whole is not supported quite well. Obviously the salary thing, everybody kind of knows that as teachers don't get paid enough. Is that a justification for teachers going out to present to supplement their income? Is, is that make it more or less acceptable? I don't know. I'm more thinking out loud. I don't necessarily have a, a point on that. I'll tell you yeah. one person who does have a point. We have a very, very hot topic going on here and a hot conversation over on teachercast.tv. I, 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 there is so much stuff going on over there. So if you're uh, watching live, check it out. And of course, we're here live every single Tuesday. Mike, what do you think? So I, I'll, I'll clarify earlier uh, about this, this, you know, the, the teachers getting paid for things. So a, a teacher getting paid to you know curate a couple lessons and things like that give them if, if, the, if the software costs money right give give them that right to create a lesson you're already creating the lesson you know like i said if if a teacher doesn't believe that this technology be supporting their learning to the point that it inspires them to the level that they would populate the the application with with content with learning opportunities and experiences then you know, I would. It just I don't I don't see that that like even exists. That a teacher like I don't really buy into this, but like I need to get paid for it. Versus conferences or you know these summits where you know a teacher is going to you know present or facilitate a workshop where it's you know three, four, five, six, even more hours of their time. As long as the district is on the same page and you know ethics and that whole process is done. For sure, those teachers should be paid for that time. I think it's complicated in the public school space because they're technically they're salaried employees, so technically they're getting paid, and now they're getting double paid. Like, if a teacher is trying to get into the ed tech consulting or or workshop facilitator space because they need the money, uh, I think that's that's just wrong. I on I honestly would say that, and I could say that because that's what I do now. You know, I was in I was in the education space in, in a school as a, as a teacher and then as a director of ed tech. I, um, I finished my seventh year last year and I left, but it wasn't to make more money. It was because I'm super passionate and I love supporting learning and I wanted to do it on honestly and genuinely a global level. You know, if you're a teacher and you're not making ends meet. So like, oh, like sell stuff on eBay or, you know, like have a side job. You, you don't need to enter into this ed tech space for for the money. Um, also, because it's it's really um, it, the, the market's really flooded and it's really hard. It's a really hard 
business to run. Um, but I think that it's, you know, teachers need to take responsibility. And the word no is like part of that. You know, if, a, if an ambassador company that I was really into said, well, to be an ambassador, you need to do this, 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 and that. And I just, A, didn't have time or just B, felt like they were taking advantage of me. I would say no, and it doesn't matter how exciting or cool the, the software is or the hardware is that they're providing, right? You, you, want, you, wanna, you wanna feel comfortable with, with what, you're, what you're involved in. You wanna feel passionate. So I, I find that the people in the, in the consultant space and the influencer space, the, the space where these companies are reaching out to them, I look at most of these educators, I would say 90% of them as genuine, and passionate educators. And yes, there are some bad apples. I honestly haven't met them, but now that this article came out and everyone's talking, apparently they're there. And I'm not looking for them because I'm always focused on the positive and the constructive and you know, what are we gonna do to better student learning instead of bicker on an online space? You know, what's legitimate, what's not, who's who's good, who's not. You know, I, I had some uh, told me that another teacher said, now that you're out of the education, out of the classroom, your insights are irrelevant. I was just like, mind blown, you know? So I just, I feel like teachers need to do what's best for their students and professionals. And if it's technology, if it's analog, they, they have to make the right decision. And, and people are human, they make mistakes. They were, un, they were unsure, they were, they were conned even. But to say that like, the ed tech companies are 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 like deceptively trying to you know make money off of off of, of of schools at all cost or that brand ambassadors are doing it for like the fame or the money. I just I don't see it, and I, I'm I'm open to being wrong. I like being wrong, especially if it if it leads to a, a positive outcome long term. Do you recommend? And I know each of these items is different depending on where you send it. But on the paper resume, do you list all of your brand ambassadorships? And clearly, that's sure. the you're putting it out. But I mean, I'm a Seesaw ambassador. I'm a Dove Soap ambassador. That's just as important as I'm a Google certified trainer. Yeah, Josh. I put I don't have that many brand ambassadorships, so um, they fit. I don't need to worry about which ones to cut off. <laughs> and, and Josh, you, you had said that, and you know, I'm in the same position as a tech coach. I don't walk in and say, hi, I'm in, uh, here's my resume of stuff. They know that I'm a Google trainer. And, and I think as a Google school, that's the important one. But I certainly, you know, should I be worried? Let's just say, you know, again, I, I, I work a lot with Microsoft. I work a lot with Evernote. Today, I was talking to a teacher and she's like, look, I need a really cool place to organize my this and my that. And I said, have you tried Evernote? Now, I wasn't saying that as an Evernote brand ambassador. I was saying that because Evernote was the right tool for this position or for this answer to this to this teacher's question. Is there a difference, Josh, for you as a tech coach when you're supporting a program or product that supports you or just answering the question for the teacher because that's the right answer at the time? I will tell you in my experience, and I had this thought earlier, so thank you for talking back to this because it made me remember it. Um, I could probably say without the benefit of a doubt that my colleagues could give a crap what my ambassadorships are.
It means nothing to them that I'm a Google certified innovator or a Google certified trainer. That does not matter to my colleagues. My colleagues care. Can I help them when they're looking for it? Do I have ideas for them to try that are going to allow their students to be more creative or that's going to save them time? Um, they, the proof is in the pudding for my colleagues. They, they're more concerned that the things work, that um, when, when they need something from me, I'm able to provide it. That's how things happen in a school in most school districts i would say is that you have to prove that these things work so um so i would say that there's no real influence on the on my colleagues that because i'm a google certified whatever that they're going to be more likely to use google tools they're more likely to use it when they can see how it's going to help their students and i think michael's talk touched on that um and so um i don't know that it it really matters i mean it's in my my signature line for my emails that nobody looks at because Gmail hides them underneath the dots. So nobody sees that anyways. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that um, some of this is overblown because teachers are, are very scrupulous. Um, I don't know if that was the right word I wanted to use, but you know, when you're in your classroom and I'm finding this out right now, and you've been in that classroom for a long time, you're not likely to change unless you really, really believe in what that change is. Um, and so I don't know that the brand ambassadorships really, really change that much. I think it all goes back to the core of, is this going to be good for learning? And the teachers being professionals end up making that decision. Um, obviously from the, from the personal aspect, like if I myself have my own classroom and I'm a brand ambassador, I think that's a bit different in terms of why I might use things. But um, I think in many of those cases, it's kind of the opposite. Like if I really enjoyed using Plickers, for instance, Plickers, I love very quick form of assessment. I don't have to have, you know, get the card of laptops, which might be hard sometimes, or card of Chromebooks. Um, I can just get a quick, it's quick assessment. I love it. Um, I probably won't pursue being a brand ambassador because to be honest, I don't feel like, why would I, I can use the tool and it's fine. Uh, but like, I see the purpose. I get that formative assessment that I can use to inform my instruction. And I want to tell other people about it because I think it's going to save them time, give them a lot of good information to help their teaching. I, we've talked about this in circles. I think as long as that's the space that any ambassador is in, we're fine. I think, and somebody brought this up in the chat, uh, guest six, four, three, uh, who, who mentioned that we kind of base our discussion on kind of the altruistic nature of teachers. Um, yeah, I think we do base our discussion on that. Don't we? I think we like to believe the best of our colleagues. Uh, we like to believe the best in ourselves, uh, that we're totally in it for the kids, which sometimes I think our focus on that may hurt us at times. Um, in terms of what we battle for, because we we are so focused on on doing great things for kids. Um, but yeah, I, I I know that there's teachers out there that do all these like rack up these brand ambassadorships, like uh, pieces of flair from Office Space, right? They got to have so many of them. Um, it's like it's yeah. like in your your ISG ISG conference tag, you know? They're dra it's dragging on the floor. Right? Yeah, you know, like that. That's um that's crazy. But I think there are some that do that. And, and I think it kind of comes back to as teachers being undervalued when you, and I think this is great in the article. And I, and if you haven't read Audrey Waters, she had a really good post that kind of tackled the, um, 
um, a, a different side of this debate in terms of impoverished schools and things like that. Um, but there's a, a sentence in there about one of the one of the heads of one of these companies said teachers like to feel like they're being listened to and i don't think it was intentional but i think it was funny how that was put that it's not even so much that there's any real like huge popularity benefit but just the fact that a teacher's like oh i'm in this really tough job nobody cares about but now like somebody does care about it like that's a big deal for teachers it's it's a hard grind and to have that that's that's a big thing yeah I just, you know, it's funny when, when you, when you pull those, t when you see those quotes that are just like sprinkled in these types of articles, like it just screams deceptive to me. And it's like, you, you know, th this, this ed tech founder is having this, you know, 20 minute conversation on the phone or whatever with this, with this uh, reporter, this journalist. And he says like a, this like long statement. And then the journalist comes in with the scissors and just like cuts that out. So while it's true and ironic and all of that, I don't feel like that was the intent. And I feel like even the two educators that were featured in the most recent article, um, they were misled as well. I think that there's always going to be people that are going to try to feel important and want to feel important. It's human nature to want to feel important. So as you described, you know, the brand, brand ambassadors like, like Flair, you know, at the end of the day, they have to produce content. They have, have to bring it into the classroom. And to, like, we're just, I, I'm always going back to like, this is a, this is a teacher that it has a professional teaching degree, has a credential certification and has been deemed before, you know, before technology was even in the equation that they were competent and qualified to educate students. And, and then now we're in this space where it's like, well, but now they're making these really bad decisions and they are bringing in tools that have not been, you know, researched properly if they actually lead to meaningful learning and they can be, you know, damaging the students on an intellectual level or uh, their, their literacy and things like that. And then you have the other spectrum, um, which, which, you know, Audrey Waters, she is, you know, a huge force in the education community. She's been around for a long time. Um, the comments were, were off on that article, so I couldn't engage in, in, in a conversation around it. But I honestly disagree with some parts of the article. Uh, one of them is like, like, why did we like, why does everything always have to shift to, to equity and, and, and to that conversation? I think we can have that conversation. But I just feel like she went like, everyone has their agenda on how they were like twisting this. You know, a inner city, and I wrote this on my Medium article, an inner city teacher can wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I'm going to get on Instagram, I'm going to get on Snapchat and Twitter, and I'm going to tell the story of my students and how they are intelligent and passionate, and I'm going to figure out a way to either get donors choose, or I'm going to work and become a brand ambassador and bring this, this stuff into my school. Anyone can do that. Anyone that's willing to put in the time. And I just don't believe I don't believe that it's off limits because of equity. And I even said in my article, and I'll say live right now, if a, if a inner city educator or, or, um, or someone who's an advocate in the inner city for improving education is willing to create a, and I mapped it out in my article, a, a co-op right a public space that is a media creation center that supports video content creation and podcasting and multimedia design all of that i priced it out at about five thousand dollars to get a bunch of awesome 
tools in there and hopefully mentors that would be inspired to be part of that process, I'll put the first hundred dollars down on, on that. And I wrote that and I said it live. I'm all about like constructive solutions. So yes, there are teachers that are maybe disingenuous or they want to feel important and they go brand ambassador crazy. But th at least the two that were quoted in this article, they work tirelessly. They work their butts off and they, they spend a lot of their free time creating and curating content that they want to help others, right? They have blogs, they have social media. They're not trying to sell some, you know, oh, if you want the secrets of being an educator, um, EdTech whiz, buy my thousand dollar course, right? They're giving it out for free and people gravitate towards them. And, you know, for me, look, I'm a Hasidic Jewish rabbi, okay? I could have stayed in my, my little community of two by two mile little square, just to give you a uh, sort of a perspective, I've had a minivan for three years and I put 15,000 miles on it in three years. I don't go anywhere, but I decided I want to go everywhere. So I am out in the world and I am collaborating with um, people that are not the same race as me, not the same religion as me, not the same political alignment as me, whatever it is, because once again, the internet and social media and technology have democratized who can collaborate, who can connect. And at the end of the day, I believe that the people that are doing the great work are doing it not for the fame and the money, but they're doing it for the benefit of their students and their classrooms and the students that they work with and students all over the world whose teachers are being inspired and, and impacted by what they are um, consuming from these very talented and creative educators. And that's another rant for the show. Mike? I, I think I'm going to speak for everybody here and those who are not here and say, you are welcome on the show anytime. And thank <laughs> well, you. Thank you. I, I get excited, but it's like, no, I, no, just, no. I love it. I, 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 I want, I, yeah. I want to, I want to clear the air. We've got about, you know, 15, 20 minutes left here. We of course have a huge chat room here. We've been talking about this brand ambassador program from the point of view of a teacher who is being uh, sponsored with or without money or, or partnered with a or partnered with a company and they're going to donate a, a service or a, a tech or a something for the use of their students. I want to take this on the other side of the fence and say, what about teachers who partner with companies, but those services, those, those things have nothing to do with the classroom. So for instance, let's say Josh was a math teacher and only teaches math, but outside he's got an awesome 3D printer blog and he's partnering with 3D printer companies and maybe they give, he's got a, a wall of 3D printer companies in the back, but he doesn't bring that brand ambassador business, if you will, or, or hobby into the classroom. Is that okay? Is that a completely different topic altogether? I, I think you're diving into the can teachers be something other than teachers when they're off the clock? I think you're diving into a discussion that goes into things like, is it okay for a teacher to post pictures of them out, you know, at the bar, hanging out with their friends? Is that okay? Because I know there's stories of teachers who have gotten fired uh, for that. Like it's, you're like, as teachers, you're, there's this idea that you're always on the clock, perfect model citizen. And, and maybe I'm off base here, but I mean, I get nervous 
when I go to the grocery store that's right down the road in my school district and they have a deal on uh, Wisconsin's best beer, Spotted Cow. I like to have one once in a while. Um, I'm of age. I can do that. But I feel nervous going to the store to buy that because what if a kid sees me? I know that's preposterous because kids are, aren't stupid. They know that that happens. But yet I think there's this stigma associated with that. Like you're, you have to be like perfect on the clock. So coming back to your point about the 3D printer thing, not coming into the classroom, um, I don't know. I mean, that, that dives into a whole lot of things. Um, you know, is that moonlighting? Is that okay to do? Is it like having a second job um, where, you know, I know teachers that, you know, go and they, they bartend or they uh, wait tables or they do all these other things. They go work at the, at a toy store to make extra money. Um, if, if that kind of stuff is okay, then I don't see why that's a problem, especially if they're not bringing it into the classroom and it's not impacting their ability to do their job. What is the, what would the problem be? It's not like they're out like shilling for Miller like they're they're not a Miller brand ambassador. I think that gets into a bit of a of an issue. Um, Josh, are you thirsty? You keep coming back to this topic. <laughs> actually, I am. I am currently a, a Diet Mountain Dew certified educator <laughs> at the moment. Well, now I have to edit that out and pixelate it a little bit. <laughs> All right. Where's the, where's the chat? Where's this chat? I feel like I'm missing we, out right now. We, we are live on teachercast.tv where we have our video there each and every single week. We have uh, about a dozen or so viewers watching live right now. We're here live every single Tuesday. And uh, I, I'm going to do my best, guys, to get all the different links up on the show notes this week because this is a great topic. Now, I don't want to rat out a friend, but I know somebody who, let's put it this way. We all know somebody. I'm not going to give a name, but that person is a brand ambassador for a certain company. Stop there. That person gets paid by said company to go to conferences and do presentations on their behalf. Some of these conferences are the weekend free conference. I'm not going to say the brand name, but we know what I'm talking about there. And some of these conferences are the ones where teachers spend a couple hundred bucks to go get a ticket for. Is it ethical, unethical, just the society that we live in that the company is paying this teacher to go around to various conferences and there's money involved because essentially he's working for that company to go do presentations on their behalf. So I, th I think there's a couple components to this, to this question. The first is every single teacher has a contract and in their contract, it stipulates the boundaries for what they are and are not able to do um, in the realm of employment. So one of them is that it cannot directly compete or jeopardize the quality of the work that they do in that space. And there's a gray area. So if the teacher goes to their principal or their superintendent um, or their head of school and gets the okay for whatever reason, oh, well, you're going to that conference and there's professional development and we don't have to pay for it because the company's paying for it and you're presenting, which brings notoriety to our school that we employ experts. I don't see what's wrong with that. What, I, what really frustrates me, um, and I just, I wanna, education needs to stop 
disconnecting itself from the way that the rest of the world works. Now we can have a conversation if the way in which the world works is 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 good, if it's if it's right, if it's honest, if marketing and and brands and advertising is deceptive, the way in which Facebook and, and Amazon you know can can harvest your information and you search for five seconds on shoes and then for the next three weeks every single ad surrounding your experiences well those real those great shoes you wanted right but the world if you're an expert and you're really talented in the industry that you're in there are conferences in every industry and people want to hear from you and that's normal and sometimes it'll be sponsored they'll cover travel uh, they'll cover conference. They might give you a stipend. And then in education, it's like, well, well wait, like we, we shouldn't do that. And like I said, as long as the school is in the know and there's transparency, you know, or, you know, there's transparency, like there's a lot of people because of my previous life before education, I was in the media and communication space. There are a lot of people on YouTube that I follow, many of them who are sponsored and have affiliate links and they put all of that in the description. When they say, oh, this is a great, um, you know, DSLR Canon lens, it says there, this Amazon link is an affiliate link and I will get paid for you going there and purchasing that. So like, it's just about being transparent and honest and making sure that the school, you know, is, is, is doing its due diligence that it's, you know, taking, obviously public funds is a very sensitive subject, but like, these but, public districts, they, right, they pay HR and, and ethics officers to like do that job. That's not the job of the teacher. The job of the teacher is to be honest and transparent. But I think that to every, no, okay, I'm, I'm ranting again. I'm no, 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 quiet but myself. But I, I think you're talking about during the school week. What if this teacher is doing it on the weekends? Totally out of school time on their own. Like, no, but that's what I said in the, the beginning, uh, the, my initial statement of in the contract, it stipulates the boundaries. And so it should allow without question your ability to go and, and do things on the weekend. The, the issue though with that could be, um, are you a representative of the district, right? Like what role do you have? Like there, there's so many layers to this that teachers just need to be in the know and make sure to you know, ask the right questions and connect with the right people. So I think that's, you know, that's the thing. It's like with, with Apple, right? In, in the space of Apple, their employees can't say anything. There's no Apple employees that have active Twitter accounts. And if they do, they're very, you know, very simple, very, you know, very safe comments, right? They're not allowed to because anything that they do is viewed by Apple as a, as a statement on behalf of Apple. So, you know, you just, you have to be in the know, but I, I just, I want talented educators to be in a public space to better education. And I believe that that is where it's at. It's not going to be with the, you know, even the people like me. So I'll, I'll take a cheap shot against myself who, uh, you know, three years down the line, people will say, well, you're out of the classroom and you're out of touch with reality, whatever. But like teachers that are in the trenches, in the classrooms, with selflessness and with total dedication, sharing how they make learning awesome in their classroom. They deserve to, to have, to scream from the mountaintops. So if they do it on social media or if they do it at a conference and it's in line and legal and you know all, the, all that mumbo jumbo, then let them do it and support it. I think you know, if, if you 
or or if you don't support it get off the internet and like just go go back to like using slide rulers and typewriters and you know you know be away just go 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 away don't use technology and influence to smear and and criticize influence and teachers trying to put content out there that's that i don't want to have to work with that person don't put any ideas in their head mike i gotta stop the rant right there because there's a lot of time between slide rulers and the birth of the internet come on we could come up with a lot more (laughs) okay fine the oregon Uh, trail stay with the oregon definitely 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 (laughs) um Look, I got to tell you guys, this was one of my favorite shows. Um, it was a controversial topic. I, I'll be honest for anybody who's listening. I threw out some stuff that I believe in. I threw out some stuff in there that I don't believe in, and I'm, I'll leave it up there in the air. Uh, I, I tried to have some good conversations tonight. Um, Mike, I think might have had a glitch because his video is frozen. Josh, are you still there? I'm still here. Uh, Josh, where can we get a hold of you and the great things that are happening in your neck of the woods? Uh, you can find me out at Mr. G Fact of the Day on Twitter. Hopefully, we'll start sharing a little bit about uh, my experiences in this co-teaching role. Um, that's kind of been my baby right now, which is heavily impacting the rest of my day. I think as any tech coach, tech integrator that does this type of thing or has their own class, um, it's it's never the you know the whole like it's only one class a day, but it impacts everything else. Um, so it's been, been a great experience so far. And there's, um, there's a lot of things that I want to share. I should probably clear that with my co-teacher first, if she's okay with me, um, being mostly frank and honest, obviously keeping some things close to the chest, but, um, but yeah, I want to start sharing from that experience and the things that, that as somebody who, sorry, if I'm going a little bit of a, no, no, I'm going to no. be quick. Um, you know, I've, I was in the classroom for, three years until I got my current position. And so I've been out of the classroom for three years. So now I'm back in. And in those three years, I have been to a bunch of conferences. I have read a bunch of books. I have studied a bunch of research. I have gone through so much professional development, not just on technology. Obviously, that's my domain now. But on teaching and learning, on learning targets, on assessment, on intervention, on lesson planning, on homework, on every like piece of the realm of education. So coming back into that space in the classroom, knowing what I know now, first of all, um, I, <laughs> I realized like what uh, those poor students I had my first three years of teaching because holy mackerel, I am such a better educator now, just where my brain goes. Um, and the second thing is I'm really impatient um, in terms of how slow things change because I've read all these things. I know what the research says. I know what's working other places. I know what teachers in our building are doing that are successful and I want to bring those to the space that I'm in, but also realizing that I can't treat this like I'm playing a game of like pandemic. Um, I I commonly use this uh, analogy with my wife. We love to do some board gaming. Pandemic is one of our favorites, Forbidden Desert. And in those games, you're cooperative. So you're with like three other people, four other people, and your whole goal is to do these uh, different tasks and you're working together and each person gets their turn. And often when we play that, I am watching everybody else's turn and trying to think like four steps ahead. And it gets to a point, if I'm not careful, I start dictating to the entire table what their turn needs to look like so that we can win. And I keep telling myself that I can't do that in this space. I mean, this is this teacher's classroom. So how can I influence and and help 
this teacher change and do some different things for kids without becoming Josh who plays Pandemic. Michael, uh, welcome back. Uh, we're just wrapping up here. Um, where can we yeah. go to learn more about the great things that you are awesomely passionate about? So you can check out my blog and all the social media platforms by looking up the tech rabbi. So the techrabbi.com at the tech rabbi. And I recently uh, launched a, a vlog under the title or the brand educated by design, where I am discussing ways in which design has kind of design has influenced my teaching practice. And uh, with, with the help of you, I'm going to be launching hopefully very soon a podcast where I interview people in the creative space, uh, creative professionals in cinema, advertising, media, content, um, how they tackle problems, deal with failure, you know, come up with ideas in which solutions might seem unconventional or like that was so obvious, those types of conversations, so that I can bring that to the education community. So Educated by Design is a uh, is my new project and uh yeah thank you so much for having me on the show i know that the first thing that i'm going to be doing tonight is signing up for the tech rabbi ambassador program because i am so so a fan here and again thank you so much for for popping on um you know where do i stand on this it's kind of interesting I, i sam and i have been having these conversations over the last two weeks or so since this came out because you know we're all kind of related to these different companies and you know teacher cast has kind of a brand of its own with all of these different things and if teacher cast puts out a five ways to use google is that because i'm a brand ambassador or is that because teacher cast is putting out stuff to help out the community so we've been having these different conversations but it is something that needs to be talked about i'm really curious to hear what you guys are saying and we've of course had a long and fantastic conversation. I want to give a big hand to everybody over here in the chat box. Michael, Peggy, uh, we've had a few people that are just left labeled as guests. Um, Josh is over here. Thank you, guys. Um, great conversation tonight. There's, of course, several great ways to continue this conversation. You can find us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. Email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net. And, of course, subscribe to this and all of our shows at TeacherCast.net slash iTunes and teachercast.net slash YouTube. We just recently celebrated a major milestone. We went over 25,000 Twitter followers. I want to say thank you guys so much for all the support. There's a lot of great things happening on here. We have all of the links that we're going to be putting in our show notes blog post. This is the Tech Educator Podcast. On behalf of everybody on the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your brand ambassador program and continue sharing your passions about brand ambassadorships. Good night.